0: Why are there so many extreme differences in the prepper community? Have you thought about what kind of prepper you are? Is there a right way and a wrong way to prep? We'll address these questions when we come back. Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way, where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley.
1: Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. We are glad you are here. Now, we are going back to three days a week, and that begins today. So keep that in mind. We will not be here on Thursday, but we'll be back on Friday, and we're going to maintain this three-day per week for a while and see how that goes, especially through the summer. Now today, in addition to what Krista's talking about, the types or the kind of prepper we are, we're also going to talk about that prepping mindset. We're, We're going to talk about developing and having That mindset. But before we do, let me tell you that the sponsors for today are Practical Prepping for Everyday People. That is a common sense guide for preparing for life's emergencies. It's a book that Krista and I wrote, and it's available on Amazon or through our website. And we also have sponsoring us today is Base Handgun Training System. Now, if you've not looked at that If you'd like to be introduced to some of Sean Rafferty's work, you can go to our website. He has graciously offered free of charge to our listeners his Prepared Citizen series or Prepared Citizen course. So go download that. That's free of charge. And then if you carry a handgun, consider going and taking that base handgun training system course as well. I believe you will find that well worth it. And while I'm talking about our sponsors, just want to thank those of you that have gone to Amazon to begin your Amazon shopping. It costs you nothing extra to start with us. Go to our website, click on Amazon. It will take you straight to Amazon. And then you just do your shopping as you normally do. And then they pay us a little commission off of that. And we certainly do appreciate that. Now, as we said a minute ago, we're talking about mindset because prepping is a mindset and a lifestyle. One with a prepping mentality knows that things will happen to disrupt normal lives. Now, that can be anything from minor to major. We have had things that interrupted our life that were flat tires, dead batteries.
0: Or uh, remember the time that the garbage disposer? Oh, came loose from its bearings and it just dropped out into the kitchen. We had a little SHTF right there in the kitchen one afternoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and nobody can tell me that wasn't SHTF because <laughs> I had a mad redhead Ooh. and we got to work and we got all the tools out and we and we did what needed to be done and got it back to where she was happy again. Also, someone with a prepping mentality plans to be prepared for emergencies. That's why we do our threat assessments. Mm-hmm. So we know that the things that we will face and knowing those things helps us to make our emergency plans. And it's also why we have contingency plans, why we have multiple ways of doing things. We have A, B, C, D. Some folks backup plans have backup plans. I mean,
0: and yeah. it's a good idea too. I can't tell you the number of times we've gone to a Plan C or a Plan D, because A and B got exhausted, and uh, we just had to rely on the next right thing to do.
1: And a good example of that, we're talking about the A B C D. We've talked about we know that we are subject to have power outages, right. Primarily because we live in a tornado area, so we could wind up Mm -hmm. with power outages. And we know that if the power goes out, we cannot use the kitchen stove.
0: Exactly. We have all electric appliances.
1: Right. And so we have a camp stove. Now, we do use that camping, and we use that recently camping.
0: Yeah, it's real handy.
1: But we can bring that in, set it on top of the stove, and cook right where you normally cook on a little propane camp stove. See, we have a gas grill. We can go outside and cook on the grill. Mm-hmm. And there are ways, and you've explained that in other podcasts, how it's not just grilling, but how we can cook a pot of beans on there. or
0: Yeah, you cook, can slow cook on the grill. Corn, mm-hmm.
1: corn yeah. on the cob. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And do all kinds of things like that. Now, if the gas grill were not to be available, we have a charcoal smoker. And you can actually take the top off that charcoal smoker and use it just like a charcoal grill. Sure. Now, you don't have the height adjustment, so you just have to make do. And then last-ditch effort, we can cook on an open fire.
0: Yeah, we have a fire pit. We We have a
1: fire pit. we got a backyard out there. We can build a fire right in the middle of the backyard if it means eating. That's some of the things that someone with prepping mentality has.
0: You know, there are multiple prepper mentalities as well as multiple prepper personalities. This is something Mm -hmm. that we've done a lot of unscientific but very fun research on the differing types of the prepper personality. There's the doomsday prepper, also known as an extreme prepper personality. We see this a lot in prepper forums on social media, and we see that type of person immediately leap to a grid-down, society-altering, you know, earth-shattering scenario. Here's an illustration. Yeah, I
1: saw that this past week in a uh, forum that I was in, and a lady asked what types of water to buy, and she said specifically, do I buy drinking water, do I buy distilled water, or do I buy spring water? And this guy jumps in and he says, anything other than spring water is stupid and CPAPs won't work anywhere.
0: Well, where did he get the deal about CPAP?
1: He made the jump to grid down situation. And so, her asking about what kind of water to buy, okay. he made the jump to no electricity and, you know, CPAPs won't work anyway. Well, he had made that leap, but uh-huh. I got news for you. There are ways to run a CPAP without electricity. You know,
0: exactly. There was also another, I believe it was a single mother, who identified herself as, I'm a single mother, I have young children, and I'm just getting started prepping. What are some of the first few steps that I need to take? And she was given all kinds of extreme advice. One guy said, you need to go out and purchase five acres of land in the middle of nowhere,
1: Yeah, and I think she was on a limited income. Uh,
0: Right, yeah. And another person popped in and said, Well, you need to start stockpiling 50 pounds of rice, 50 pounds of beans, you know, 500 gallons of water, all of this extreme world changing amount of very, very doomsday esque type of prepping. Mm -hmm. And we read that sort of thing and we thought, What's going on here? That's not helping this single mother at all.
1: And they made the jump to the end result being a grid down society altering scenario. But there are things to prep for that are not society altering. Yeah. Talk
0: like, about a little bit about the survivalist prepper. That's a very unique personality.
1: Well, this is the guy that says, I can live off the land with only a knife.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Or I can make, catch, or kill everything I need. Oh, sure. Or I don't need toilet paper. I can use pine cones.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that won't happen but once. Here's one. I can make any shelter, any time, out of just mud and grass. Yeah. Well, what if you're in the middle of a sandy desert?
1: You well, know. whatever. It's just that mentality and that personality. And and there are there may be some folks that can live off the land with nothing but a knife. There may be. God bless them. And, and that's great. You know, I'm not one of them. I need some amenities. I need some things to use. And when it comes to hunting large animals, I want a rifle.
0: Well, I think the television show Naked and Afraid has sort of busted the myth open of all I need is a machete and, you know, I can make it. And some of these people, they're they're you know they're uh, tapping out after about forty eight hours, you know, if, if
1: that. <laughs> now there's a subset of the survivalist prepper personality, and this is the gear junkie.
0: Oh yes, and you know, prepping in the world of prepping or camping or hiking or outdoorsmanship kind of all blends together because there is a lot of gear that can be had and there's nothing wrong with gear we want to make it very clear we're not making fun you know of any of these personalities but we're trying to illustrate how different mindsets come into play and how you encounter them
1: I don't know. I think we were making fun of the guy saying he didn't need toilet tissue; he could
0: use <laughs> cones. Yeah, that guy. I'm afraid he's he's I mean, in for it. <laughs> there, there's some in here
1: that we can kind of poke the bear a little bit. Sure. The gear junkie personality is one that believes that if I have enough gear, and these are folks that'll oftentimes buy a piece of gear and put it aside and never use it, never test it, never figure out how it works don't practice with it or anything like that.
0: We know of some people that have purchased, you know, Beofang radios. Oh, yeah. Specifically for use for ham radio. They're not licensed. They don't know how to find a frequency.
1: Well, they always say, you won't need a license yeah. in SHTF. And I follow that with, yeah, but you won't be able to talk to anybody. That's right. Either.
0: You you still won't know how to use it because you're not training with your gear.
1: Exactly. That's just a gear junkie that bought one. And this, this guy, too, will... Usually have six bug out bags. Yeah, so he's got all kinds. <laughs> There's something
0: of different in each bags. one.
1: Or he's wanting to know what kind of load bearing vest, or Kevlar, or ballistic plates everybody's oh, using. Oh gosh, yes. Okay. Oh gosh.
0: Oh, if you want to go, you know, blistering through the hot Sahara sands wearing your ballistic vest, then you just go right ahead.
1: Uh, Let me tell you, wearing one of those ballistic vests, you don't have to be in the Sahara. You can be (laughs) in the North Alabama.
0: (laughs) You are suffering.
1: That shirt that's under the vest comes home wet every day that I wear that
0: vest. Oh, yeah.
1: So anyway, these are the guys that are all into knives, tomahawks, throwing stars. (laughs) yeah
0: super super is like movie quality self defense oh yeah, they've been watching some of these post apocalyptic movies
1: yeah the the right piece of equipment just happens to be there when you need it mm-hmm. uh, night vision optics yeah. now, there's a place for that,
0: oh, I was like I'm saying, I'm not and making fun, but I'm saying these people will maximize that piece of gear over a month's worth of
1: food exactly exactly, and it's all about the gear. And learning how to build booby traps.
0: Yeah, all kinds of traps and sets and underground bunkers and all sorts of interesting things. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a place for it. Sure. But I'm not sure that we need to maximize that as the first thing we need to do. Yeah,
1: we do not yet have night vision optics. <laughs> exactly. it, right. And I mean, that's a pretty good investment. Yeah. And it's a good investment once you're to a certain point and you have the funds to do that, yeah, it's gotta so be I'm, I'm not knocking that in any way because owning the night gives you a definite advantage. Well, but that, there's just yeah. too much emphasis by some folks put on tactical armament and a fortress mentality. You know,
0: I think somehow in my mind, I think they kind of want there to be a zombie or an alien invasion. Mm-hmm. They, they want that I told you so moment.
1: And don't you wish you had as much gear as I have? Yeah. (laughs) But again, like
0: Mark said, if you've got a room full of gear and you don't know how to use any of it, what good is it?
1: Yeah. Or you've got a room full of gear and no food. Now, here's another type
0: of personality that we've encountered on forums the stealth prepper. This is the extreme. OPSEC guy. This is the one that never wants to talk about prepping. It's amazing that some of them do land in forums, but a lot of times they don't stick around very long because they're on extreme OPSEC.
1: That or they have used a scrubbed or a fake profile.
0: Right. They've gotten this almost the CIA mentality mm-hmm. of I've got to be super stealthy. I don't want to use my real name. I don't want to talk about my preps and my preps are just a secret for, you know, us four and no more kind exactly. of thing. And uh, they'll they don't encourage others to prep or they also don't encourage preppers to let others know that they have supplies because they'll say they'll come into the form and say, well, everybody now knows where you live, so everybody's going to come invade your preps and scares people. Mm-hmm. you know and they, these are like you just need to never say a word about your preps.
1: Well by the time they get down to a point where they decide they need to come get our preps, we're going to be running low. Exactly. And these stealth preppers sometimes will go into conspiracy theory overload. Oh,
0: uh, that can be the dominating factor of their conversation, Mm -hmm. what little you can get out of them. They're going to go for the big, you know, conspiracy, the huge, otherworldly, But it's the conspiracy
1: of everybody's coming to get my stuff. Well,
0: we did a a podcast about is it prepping or is it paranoia? Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a fine line for some people. It's not that fine for you you and I, but there is a fine line for some people that believe that there's just bigger things coming and that we need to take our heads out of the sand. And we want to respect where they're coming from, but we also want to realize that there are more practical ways to prepare. And then there's the average prepper. Now, this is a person or a group of people or a family group that has anywhere from two weeks to perhaps two months of food stored. That would actually be pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. And you know, these this tribe, to use that word, mm-hmm. has greatly increased since COVID.
0: You know, it has. The people used to think prepping was a very strange pastime. Well,
1: five or six years ago, I think it was like 2%, 3% of the American populace admitted to prepping in some way shape form or fashion Mm -hmm. now it's something on the order of 52 percent.
0: that's an amazing leap
1: now some of them just added a large bag of toilet tissue and they're a prepper
0: well i mean that's a start
1: but if start that's the key Mm -hmm. but if they have at least two weeks of food and i'm Going with the average person here, this is somebody that realized, hey, there were shortages, there were things we couldn't get, maybe we need to get a couple of weeks' worth of stuff. And that's a great start. It really is.
0: Some of these average preppers have invested in a generator, Mm -hmm. and I've learned since we've done our own homework on generators, there are generators of every size imaginable. There's so many different small ones all the way up to a full-on household A generator is a great product to have if you're prone to a lot of power outage or if you fear that your power outage may last, you know, 7 to 10 to 14 plus days. Mm -hmm. Like Uh,
1: you did after Hugo and I did after the blizzard of 93 in Birmingham.
0: You know, the average prepper is going to have flashlights. Mm -hmm. They're going to have extra batteries. They're going to have LED candles and lanterns. They'll have those power banks for charging up their phones and devices.
1: And the grid doesn't have to go down for that. I use mine today.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's what make that's what puts the practical back in our prepping. <laughs> you know, and these people also have a backup heating plan, particularly in the wintertime. They may have a fireplace, a wood-burning mm-hmm. stove. They may have an indoor-safe heater. We've got an indoor-safe propane-run heater. Uh, and they also have backup cooking plans, just mm-hmm. like we've designed. Just like we have described with grills and smokers and fire pits and camp stoves and open that type of thing.
1: And, you know, I can just see somebody out there who's not listened to us very often or this is their first time listening and say, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but I have a grill out there that would make a good backup.
0: Of course it would. Or I could yeah. mm-hmm. I
1: could build a fire in the yard if I had to.
0: And so that brings us to the prepared prepper. Mm
1: hmm. This is the person that knows that things will happen.
0: That's a wise person.
1: Yeah, because...
0: Things have happened.
1: <laughs> some some, some lady somewhere said stuff happens, stay prepared. That's
0: right. I, I've heard that a lot.
1: Yeah, and, and I hear it several more times before our listeners hear it. <laughs> but these are the folks that prepare for the normal emergencies that we'll face. Now, we've mentioned the power outages. We know that in North Alabama, Central Alabama we're going to have some power outages oh, yes. because of storm damage. Of course. But we also know we're going to have some vehicle issues.
0: Oh, yes. I mean, who among us hasn't had a flat tire mm-hmm. or a dead battery or an alternator? The engine just, I don't know, you can have all manner of things go wrong with your vehicle. And, you know, at that moment in time, that's your SHTF yeah. to a
1: certain degree. Now, I'll admit I don't carry an extra alternator for our vehicles. <laughs> But you know, stuff I, happens. Stuff happens, mm-hmm. and I can find a part store. I can get a ride to a part store somehow if I need to get a generator because I can change that if uh-huh. I have to. Uh, we also prepare for the storm damage,
0: right? You had mentioned tornadoes, but may I remind you that severe thunderstorms can do a lot of damage as well. Mm-hmm. Many, many a tree has fallen from just a thunderstorm.
1: Well, it's the wind, and, exactly, and things get. Broken off of tree limbs. Mm-hmm. and we had something go through our roof a while back. about
0: our f- neighbor's tree, Split and fell, remember? Yeah, and I heard it. Now,
1: it missed his house, which Boy, was a good thing. But, sure was. But we had something that went through our roof. Yeah. And so we were able to get up there and to repair that, and we'll never have another leak right there. We've taken <laughs> care of that.
0: Well, something else that can happen is the loss of a job. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw in COVID, with the lockdown, some, some uh, businesses closed, and then they never reopened. Right. So some people did lose their job.
1: So you can have prolonged illnesses as well that would keep one or no income coming in. True. And so that's a good time to be able to use those preps. We've used our preps when we Went from two jobs to one for a little while. Exactly. And which actually worked out pretty well because Mm -hmm. we had to pack up and move not too long after that.
0: Well, also, the words supply chain have you Mm -hmm. heard that recently? Somewhere. The supply chain has been devastatingly disrupted. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing it still. Now, here we are in the middle of 2022. And we're actually seeing, I think, more supply chain issues than maybe all of last year, but quite a bit that we saw in 2020. And so from anywhere from toilet paper to food to medicines, infant supplies, you know, the whole formula thing is still going on right now. Being able to purchase ammunition is yeah, also that, a little bit that of a
1: problem. Got, it's getting a lot better right now. It may get worse again here shortly, but it, it,
0: it ebbs and flows.
1: And we're looking at some possible shortages coming up. You know, we told our listeners uh, back in February, March about the f- baby formula shortage.
0: Mm-hmm. We were telling people in February get your baby formula, purchase it now, mm-hmm. order it by the case, mm-hmm. because we knew we had good intel. And two months later, Now it makes the news, and people are desperate.
1: But people are already experiencing problems with it. Right. And we're also looking at some more shortages that may be coming in this fall, late summer and early fall. Mm -hmm. We may be seeing some more shortages. And particularly, we're looking at the possibility of wheat shortages. And so you might want to lay in a little extra flour spaghetti mm-hmm. I noticed you came in from the store today and you had brought in some more spaghetti I did and you had to climb up on the spaghetti shelf and put it up on top of there <laughs> and so folks, it's a
0: we have a lot of pasta in uh, this house the,
1: yeah so you might <laughs> want to consider your pasta and while i'm thinking about that if you don't receive the practical prepping podcast newsletter go to our website practicalprepping.info That's practicalprepping.info, and just send us a message and just say, put me on the newsletter, and that's totally free, and we get that out every two or three weeks, and that will be coming out probably this weekend, and so we discuss in detail some of the things that we're looking at with that, and that wheat product shortage is one of the things that we're looking at here coming up this weekend, Uh, expecting that probably late summer, early fall. Uh So, All right. Now, when we're talking about being practical or being prepared, we need to prep in categories so that we're well-balanced and well-rounded.
0: That's right, because if you just prep guns and ammo, but you don't prep any food and water, you're not very well prepared Mm -hmm. because you're going to die of thirst and hunger. No gun or no bullets going to taste that good.
1: No, and... Having all food and no way to stay warm would be a problem in the wintertime.
0: Right. So you've got to address several areas of concern of whatever your risk assessments are in your life.
1: Yeah. And here's just a quick rundown of the categories that you can look at food and water, heat and shelter. And with shelter, I'm including being able to repair the roof if a big limb comes through it. And mm-hmm. We keep a couple of tarps here. Actually, we keep more than a couple of tarps because we do use them quite a bit. And um, we, we can make repairs with those tarps if we need to. First aid and medical, uh, anything from having adequate Band-Aids on hand to being able to stop major bleeding, definitely keeping over-the-counter medications. Uh, those really, really come in handy. And You need them at the most inopportune times, it seems like. You've also got to consider protection and security. You've got to be able to protect your family. You've got to be able to keep the bad guys out. And communications. And just think through these categories and do something in each of these categories and keep adding in each of these categories until that particular category is filled. For example, I think we're pretty full on communications.
0: I think so. I think we've, we have well prepared in that area.
1: Not to say there's not another ham radio I would like to have. <laughs> but as far as being prepared, I think we're about as prepared as we can be right here. Do need to do a little bit of repair work on one of the radios. I think the mic's gone out on the one in my car.
0: Well, that's just good so That's just good gear maintenance right yeah, there. Yeah,
1: that, that's maintenance.
0: Well, you know, continuing the thought about the mindset of a prepper, there are various aspects of prepping. One of those we've already touched on is the planning. We talked about planning. Know your threat assessments and then write down, write them out. Have them in a notebook, your emergency plans. And also learning and practicing your skills, and sometimes the top two always rise to the surface, and that is how to start a fire and how to purify water. Those two things are elemental and fundamental Mm -hmm. in terms of prepping for mere survival.
1: And we practiced our fire starting two weekends ago, and we need a little more practice.
0: We do. We admit it.
1: (laughs) We were using wet tinder, and we did get a fire started, but Uh we could have done that a lot better. So we need to do a little bit more practice. So
0: We're right in there with you practicing just like you are.
1: Now, there's several approaches that people take to food, and I'm not going to tell you one's right and the other's wrong. I'm just going to say be balanced with it. Mm -hmm. But there's some folks that just store huge amounts of beans, rice, wheat, wheat berries, things like that. Just huge amounts of that.
0: Well, you're talking 50 plus pounds?
1: 50 plus pounds, oh, and, wow. and they'll buy maybe 50 pounds a year and they keep adding to huge amounts of just the staples. There's some folks that buy just lots of long term storage foods.
0: Right. And again, please understand. We're not downing any of these things. No. I mean, they all have their place.
1: Yeah, look at it this way. Well, let me let me jump down here too. If you don't have some store-bought products there that you can open up and fix a meal now, you really don't want to go be dragging out 50 pounds of flour you because you've yeah. been out of food for 3 days. Right. You know? Right. So, but
0: think practical.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, there are folks that do a lot of gardening and they do canning and dehydrating. Sure. And canning is one thing that we would like to learn. Mm-hmm. There's just so many opportunities there, and it's not about prepping necessarily. As much as it is about having fresh vegetables in the middle of the winter.
0: Well, it's like what we've said about our grandparents and our great-grandparents. You know, they all did canning and preserving. They didn't call it prepping. They called it putting up their harvest mm-hmm. because they wanted to eat during the wintertime.
1: It was life for them. And
0: they didn't always have a grocery store down the down the road.
1: Or during the Depression, they couldn't afford to go to the grocery store.
0: My grandparents didn't even have a road.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it was uphill both ways. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if you can't do gardening, maybe you can do some container gardening. We've done this in the past. Mm-hmm. and We've
0: grown tomatoes in buckets.
1: Yeah, tomatoes, peppers. peppers and, uh, herbs.
0: Think, all my herbs. herbs. <laughs> all my herbs. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, oh, I looked at them the other day, and they're doing great yeah, out
0: there. Yeah, they are looking pretty.
1: Now, you can raise animals. Uh, chickens is very, very common. Uh, chickens can be used for meat, or they can be used for eggs. Sure, of course. Not in that order. You have to... Use them for eggs, and then you can use them for meat. I
0: think people can figure that part out.
1: I just thought I'd make sure Okay, everybody understood that. And then you can also raise rabbits, mm-hmm. or goats, or beef.
0: Or lamb, sheep, you yeah. know, pigs. Mm-hmm. It's just farm animals, you know, for food and for other purposes.
1: Yeah, I'd be careful raising pigs in the suburbs and the city
0: well we have beef on there too it's there's not too many communities it's the hoas that's going to let you have a cow out there
1: well i'm not going to live in an hoa anyway
0: (laughs) you know homesteading has gotten more and more popular in the last Mm -hmm. 10 years than probably the previous 50. more and more organic and hobby farms homesteading farms and these are cottage industries they're producing their own cheeses their own butter their own farm-raised oils and herbs and things like that that's that's actually been a great source of income we even know of some preppers that that uh, produce their own jams and jellies and the sale of those helps to fund more preps absolutely
1: absolutely Now, we were talking about the approaches to food, and this is where we have suggested is where we started and we suggest others start, and that's prep with store-bought foods. It's just the most
0: convenient and most inexpensive way to do it.
1: Well, there may be less expensive by buying in bulk, Mm -hmm. in, in large quantities, but If you're on that limited budget, pick up two items, set it aside.
0: Sure, a couple of cans, a couple of bags.
1: Next time you go to the grocery store, pick up a couple of more items, and that begins to add up, and you don't have to go into the freeze-dried food just to be able to make it three days. Exactly. All right, now let's talk about gear for a few minutes. It
0: is important.
1: It is important. One of the things we want to do is to be prepping repair tools and materials. I mentioned those tarps. We have hammers, nails. We have some strips of wood. We have some things that we can make minor repairs to there while it's still raining if we needed to.
0: You actually had extra shingle boards that you were able to use.
1: Yeah, I've got about a half of a bundle of shingles left out there.
0: That is really actually a very important prepping aspect. I never realized how many ways you can use pieces of shingle that would Mm -hmm. go on a roof. There's all kinds of ways you can use those.
1: Oh, sure. But uh, repairing a roof is a very good thing to do it for. Mm -hmm. Now, here's one that I have changed my thinking on a little bit. Okay. And I heard so many people talking about where do I get started prepping? And folks would say, well, build a get home bag or build a bug out bag. Well, I really think you need to start with food and water, but I've come to the decision that building a get-home bag is a very good early-owned thing. It is. Now, you don't have to go out and buy whole bunches of stuff. You probably have a knife somewhere around there. You probably have some rope somewhere, or you can buy some very inexpensively. But some of the things that you might need to get home, you will also have them at home if you need them. Okay. So, you know, we call them our car bags. Both of our car bags are here right now. Mm -hmm. If we got snowed in with 48 inches of snow on June 1st, then (laughs) we could trudge out to the cars and get our get home bag and have use of that material if we needed to.
0: Exactly. And we've done several podcasts on get home bags. And they're going to include things like small packages of non-perishable food,
1: Mm -hmm. toilet
0: paper with the with the paper core pulled out so it'll flatten and Mm -hmm. fit into the bag. Maybe even an extra pair of comfortable shoes. If Mm -hmm. you're at work, And suddenly it's to the point that you need to get home and you can't drive or take a bus or.
1: Especially you ladies that wear those spiked heels. Mm -hmm. It'd be good to have a pair of tennis shoes or old hiking boots in there, have some first aid in there. Yeah, so
0: look into your get home bag gear and see what you already have at home that you can outfit it with and then add as you need.
1: So I've put that, I've moved that from later on down the road much earlier into the prepping of what I'm advising folks to do there. Okay. Now, we also have this EDC gear. What's EDC? Everyday carry.
0: We have a lot of new first-time listeners. They don't know what EDC means. I understand. Okay.
1: And that's really just what you carry with you every day. Exactly. Now, most all of us carry a set of keys and a telephone and a wallet with identification and probably some plastic in there. Mm -hmm. We pretty much all carry that. Now, I add to that a flashlight. I add to that knife. I actually have a pocket knife and I have a folding knife and I carry both of those every day. I personally carry a firearm every day. Now, one is my job as a deputy sheriff. That's a pretty necessary item to carry. But even off duty, I carry one every day and I carry a lot more things that don't necessarily fit on my body. So I carry an EDC bag. And it's a man's purse. You've
0: even got some emergency medical Mm -hmm. in there as well.
1: I carry a tourniquet right now. There's two tourniquets in there. There's some things for bandaging. There's some medication. There's some OTC medication. There's extra batteries in there, which I have to go in every now and then, pull out a set of extra batteries from a flashlight or other device.
0: I'll tell you something else that I've put into my everyday carry. i make sure that I've got plenty of pens and or mechanical pencil and notepads and a roll of scotch tape. Mm-hmm. I can write a note and tape it onto a door if I need to. I can write a note and stick it onto a tree. You know, it's kind of funny to think about, but if you needed to pass on some information in written form, mm-hmm. that'd be a great way to do it.
1: On these major hiking trails like mm-hmm. the AT, there are places where they leave notes. And they leave notes for somebody they know is coming behind or Mm -hmm. other things or warnings or what have you. Anything else we need to cover on gear there?
0: Well, I think we've covered everyday carry on gear and the bag itself. And we've sometimes even talked about, well, what kind of bag do I need? Any type of bag that you'll carry, anything from a purse to a backpack to a messenger bag a knapsack, you know, whatever you consider that's going to be comfortable and sensible for you to carry, that's your everyday carry. And
1: fits into your environment.
0: Exactly. You know, know,
1: a computer case, a backpack computer case is common in business. It's common on On the college college campus. campus. Yeah. Uh, High schools, just about everybody can get away with carrying some type of backpack. Now, I wouldn't go in a three-piece suit and a molly-covered backpack.
0: No, probably not. But I, I would
1: sling that, you know, solid color black backpack over my shoulder, and it just looks like I'm carrying a computer.
0: Into your gray man mentality. Yeah. Remember it, the gray man podcast? Yeah,
1: don't stick out.
0: So. <laughs> you know, you choose what aspects you want to utilize, my prepper friends. Because prepping is a very personal thing. It's a personal choice. What meets your needs? You know, your needs and my needs aren't going to be the same. So you've got to meet your needs. And the important thing is to get started if you haven't gotten started and make it a lifestyle regularly add to your preps, learn some new skills. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Even if there's a bunch of jokers out there giving you dumb answers, go ahead and continue to explore and discover good practical new information that is going to help you on your prep journey. You've got to develop a prepping mindset. And that is this stuff will happen. Don't panic and find a way.
1: Now, you can develop this prepping mindset, much like you can learn situational awareness and you practice it. Now, I go back to you learning situational awareness, and Mm -hmm. that really came about after you and I were married and I began to ask you, did you see such and such? Or one of the things I think I got you on, you'd be reading or whatever in the car and I'd say, okay, we need to call 911. Where are you going to tell them we are?
0: Right, because you taught me how to read the mile markers.
1: Well, I think you already knew how. Yeah. I taught you to look up and see them every now and then. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and that, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to see every single one of them. It might be that, well, we passed mile marker number 193 about five minutes ago. Okay, you're five to seven, eight miles down the road from exit one, I mean, from mile marker number 193. Sure. So, mm-hmm. But teach you to... Pay attention as you go into something, and you're very, very good now. When you're getting gas, you even notice if a mosquito lands on your windshield, I think.
0: Oh, my head is on a swivel, particularly even in any well-populated public area, like a very large gas station or truck stop. I am looking around 360 degrees. I want to see every face that's anywhere near me. I want to see who's on the other side of that gas pump. And I want them to notice that I'm noticing them. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's a little unsettling to look somebody square in the eye. But if you do, and then you just keep looking around and you just look all the way around you, then you have no surprises.
1: Yeah, especially if when they catch you looking them in the eye, you just give them a little head nod and it's like, hello. And Mm -hmm. then go on back to looking.
0: Exactly. I'm not asking for any interaction. I'm just letting the world know I'm watching.
1: But developing this prepping mindset is much like that by practicing it. And what you do is you foresee the possible threats and consider your options. Now at that gas pump, you're pulling up, you're noticing what's going on out in front. Mm -hmm. And what could these jokers do? What could that joker do? What's this guy walking over here? Does he have a gas can in his hand? I'll let him get closer to the gas pump. He's got a gas can in his hand but you ain't coming on my side. And, but it's just thinking through what the, what could happen. The what ifs, the what ifs. Mm -hmm. And that's where our threat assessment and our emergency plan comes in so good. And we talked about a while ago, and I'll just use this example. Again, we lose the power for maybe three hours and that's the event. And the problem is we can't cook on the electric stove. So we've got a solution And that is the four ways to cook that we have here. Mm -hmm. So it's a good use of your threat assessment. Yeah. And some of the things that we don't commonly think about, what happens if, and fill in the blank.
0: Yeah. Do we have what we need if this happens?
1: If that happens. And if we don't, what alternatives are available?
0: Yeah. It's just like situational awareness to be thinking about your prepping needs. You want to plan to survive. You even want to plan to thrive. You want to develop that prepping mindset. Why? You know why. Because stuff happens. Stay prepared.
1: And we'll see you next time.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We would appreciate it if you would share Practical Prepping Podcast with your friends, family, and your social media. The direct link is in the show notes. And as always, stuff happens. Stay prepared.